Hey guys, good evening. Welcome to Grace at Home for our midweek Bible study. I'm so grateful that you guys have decided to join us tonight. Listen, do us a favor right now in the beginning. Hit that like button, hit that share button, and share this video so that everybody in our church family will be able to see this um, because we want all of us to be able to gather together for this special time. You know, this is an important week, man. This is Easter week. This coming Sunday's Easter, and we're going to be doing our services online again. Man, it kills me that we can't be together, but I want to encourage you guys, be sure, if you haven't already, go to that link that, that we've got, gracebaptistfamily.com. Go to that family video tab and upload a short you know, seven to ten second uh, video of just saying, hey, Grace Baptist from the Kelly family. We'll do one like this one right here. Morning, morning grace family from the jardins we miss you and so guys all we want you to do is just give us that so we can see your face know that you're doing good and so that we can be as together as possible for easter also if you would like to get these bible study uh notes tonight they're at gracebaptistfamily.com grace at home you can get those there as well and so and also we'll have resources for our teenagers and for our kiddos They'll be available there as well. Also, this message is going to be available on YouTube, and it will be at gracebaptistfamily.com, Grace at Home, as soon as this is uh, complete. But we're so grateful that you're with us right here, right now. Let's get into God's Word together. I'm going to be in Matthew chapter number 9. You know, Jesus asked a lot of questions. We talked about this Sunday, and I kind of want to follow up on that thought. He asked over a hundred questions in the Gospels, right? And they were always loaded questions. And I, I got to be honest, I never like it when people do that to me. You know, you're like, you know, like I don't know, like uh, you like I like the color green, and they're like, oh, what do you like about the color green, right? So that's annoying. But when Jesus did it, he always had a meaning and a purpose, and he was always drawing out some spiritual truth. For us, so it's important to look at the questions that Jesus asked. And so today what I want to do is talk specifically to those of you that have a need, man. And right now with the COVID-19, coronavirus, everything that's going on, you've got a great need in your life. Almost all of us have something, that, a, a prayer that we need God to answer. You've got a problem, a challenge, a situation. Maybe it has nothing to do with all the things that are going on right now. It's in your life. It's in your family. This is something you need to uh, hear a word from God. You need God to answer your prayer, right? You need God to intervene in your life. And so again, we're going to be in Matthew 9, uh, chapter 9, but I'm going to give you the context before we get there. Uh, before this, Jesus had actually healed a little girl. And so, and this called everybody, blew everybody's mind. I mean, when the dead come back to life, that kind of thing tends to get a lot of attention. I mean, think about it. There's a dead girl. Jesus walks, well, a guy walks in the room with, and with a dead girl and then a, an alive man and a live girl walk out of the room. This kind of thing, news of this kind of thing gets around. And so the rumors about Jesus and, and about who he was and what he was doing, all these things were spreading all over. And evidently, these two blind guys had heard about this miracle and, and heard about what was going on. Look at it in Matthew chapter 9, and I'm going to be in verse 27. It says, when Jesus departed from there, right, from healing the blind girl, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. He's son of David. Matter of fact, when they said son of David, what they were saying is Messiah. They were confessing that they believed that Jesus Christ 
was the Messiah, which would absolutely drive the Pharisees crazy, right? They, were just, they, they hated that kind of thing. But these uh, uh, two blind men, they actually uh, believed that Jesus was the Messiah when they heard about all the things that he was doing. And as a matter of fact, right here when it says uh, the two blind men followed him crying out. Look at this next slide. Look at this next one. Where it says crying out. It's the Greek word krazo, right? Krazo. It doesn't, it doesn't mean crazy like my mother-in-law. It means, it means to cry out. But the essence here uh, is almost to scream, to scream. Uh, in Revelation 22, it's used in reference to a pregnant woman giving birth. Have you ever heard a pregnant woman giving birth? They, they cry out sometimes. They scream, right? And so that's what they're doing. They're like, son of David. I mean, they're really screaming and crying out. They're believing that Jesus can help them and do something, and they are desperate. Look at verse 28. And then it says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? They said to him, yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes saying, according to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open and Jesus sternly warned them saying, see that no one knows it. Now he says there, what he says is according to your faith, according to your faith. I'm so glad that he said that. I'm glad he didn't say it's according to your income. I'm glad that he didn't say it's, accor it's according to your status, right? How much money you have in the bank, right? Uh, your status in society, what people think of you, what kind of clothes that you're wearing. It wasn't according to any of those things. It was according to their faith. And that's really the faith building part of this story, that it was according to their faith. To know and understand that in some way, on some level, God responds to our faith. That God responds to our faith. In fact, scripture teaches us in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God, God, God loves when we move and operate in the realm of faith. And again, this is a faith-building story because suddenly we realize our faith can actually move the heart of God. But at the same time, even though this can build our faith, man, for a lot of people, they have a lot of problems. They, they struggle with this story uh, because what happens is uh, people tell them, if you've got enough faith, God will do it. In other words, say you're sick and you're just you're some serious disease or something and you're praying for God to heal you, right? And they'll tell you, if you've got enough faith, God will heal you. And then when God doesn't heal you, they'll blame you. They'll say, you didn't get healed because you didn't have enough faith. Now, God's word never says that. Right, so what happens is, is, so if we pray and ask God to heal us, and he does, he gets the glory. But if he doesn't, then we get the blame. That's not right. That's not biblical. We know that our faith has a role to play, but your faith is not the determining factor, right? Telling people, God didn't intervene for you because you didn't have enough faith. When God does something, we want him to get the credit. But when God doesn't do something, we need to trust his sovereign will. We don't need to believe, oh, you didn't pray right. Your faith wasn't right. You didn't say the right words. You didn't say the magic formula or whatever it was. In other words, whatever you do right, isn't enough. Listen, our faith isn't based on uh, our faith, right? Our faith is based on God. God does honor faith. But some of you are probably living under a false sense of guilt 
because you think that God didn't answer your prayer because he's unhappy with you. Now, listen, that may be the case, but maybe not, right? What kind of faith does God honor? What kind of faith does God actually honor? Now, see, I'm going to change that question. I'm going to flip it around. Look at this next one here. What kind of faith honors God? That's the question that we actually need to ask. What kind of faith honors God? Because that's what we want to do, right? That God isn't just some magic genie and we're going to rub the lamp the right way and he's going to give us our, our every wish and demand. We want to have the kind of faith that's going to honor our good God. And so I'm going to look at three different kind of phases of this in the story of these blind men, right? That hopefully build your faith. And so if you've got those notes, if you're taking notes, write this down. We need to have a faith that, number one, truly believes without seeing. That truly believes without seeing. Again, Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen. It's the confidence that we, that we hope for what actually happened. The assurance of things that we cannot even see. Again, look at Matthew 9, 28. He says, when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him and Jesus said to them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, yes, Lord. Let me ask you the same question today. If you take whatever massive challenge that you're facing, a relational challenge, a physical challenge, a financial challenge, a spiritual challenge. Look at this. Let me ask you this. Look at this next one. Do you believe that God is able to hear your prayer and answer on your behalf. Do you believe that God is able to hear your prayer and answer on your behalf? If you believe, write down in the comments. Right now, just type, I believe. I believe. I believe. Do you really? Don't type it if you don't mean it. Do you believe that God is able to hear your prayers and answer on your behalf? Do you really believe that he is able? Now, the churchy answer is always like, yeah, man, praise the Lord. Amen. That's right. God answers our prayers. And our mouth says one thing, but how we live our life says something else. Right? And we, we got the answer. Does God, will God answer your prayers? Yes. You know the Sunday school answer. Congratulations. But what about where you actually live? See, our actions and our words often betray us. Our words say one thing, but how we live says something else. Our actions often indicate what we really believe, not just our words, right? And we get in some situation and we'll, well, all we can do now is pray and God's in heaven. He's like, well, it must be bad if you're just coming to me, you know, I'm your last resort, right? Think about it. Ask yourself in the last seven days, in the last week, what were you praying about faithfully every single day? In the last week, seven days of your life, what were you praying about faithfully every single day? Some of you, let's be honest, not much. Not much. Let's be honest, not much. Write this down. Write this down. What you pray about reflects what you believe about God. What you pray about absolutely reflects what you really believe about God. Your lack of prayer shows that you don't really believe that you need God. And your I, the poly one or cracker kind of prayers proves that you don't really think that God will answer big, bold prayers. I mean, if you don't pray much, that shows that you don't really think God is active. You don't believe that he can. It shows what you really believe about God. If you're praying some really big things, it means that you believe that God is able to do some really big things. I mean, sometimes, not always, and I'm not saying like just go up there and, and just, you know, pray some crazy prayer when God hasn't put it on your heart, but the size of your request 
reveals the strength that you believe that God has. The size of your request reveals how much faith you really have in God. Again, if all you ever do is ask God for the small things, that shows something. If you only pray for traveling mercies, like God, get us there safe. And I hope you do pray that prayer. God, help us get to our vacation safely. Help us, you know, traveling mercies, Lord, and you pray that prayer. And that's the only kind of prayers that you Man, look, I got news for you. You're probably going to get there safely whether you pray or not. Atheists arrive at their destinations every day. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray that prayer, right? I'm not saying that God won't protect you and, and see you through. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm, what I'm saying is we often only pray for things that God is most likely going to do anyway, right? God, uh, give us traveling mercies as we go. Lord, bless this food, right? And we just ask these small little Polly want a cracker kind of prayers, and we don't understand that our God is more than that. I mean, it actually, the way that I've been eating during this kind of whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing, I've been busier than ever, but I've been eating like I'm on vacation. So when I ask God to bless some of the food that I've been eating, it is kind of a big prayer. I'm going to be honest with you, Okay. But sometimes we get stuck in these ruts. Right? Well, I pray this prayer. I pray that prayer. But we never get outside of these guardrails of what we think God will or can or should actually do. The size of your request kind of does reveal how much faith you have in God. What you pray about reveals what you really believe. Jesus says to these blind men, do you really believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Now, I don't know what your story could be, but uh, do you believe that God is able to heal your marriage right now? Do you believe that God can help you overcome an addiction that you've been struggling with for years? Do you believe that uh, the name of Jesus is bigger than the word cancer? And that Jesus can heal from cancer? Do you believe that all things are possible with God? Do you really believe it? That's a kind of faith that honors God. The second kind of faith that honors God is that continues to believe when nothing changes. Think about it. This guy cries out, Jesus, have mercy on us, son of David. And then what does Jesus do? He keeps on walking, man. Jesus, they're like, Jesus, have mercy on us, son of David. And he just keeps walking. He goes indoors. So what do they do? They follow him. They don't quit. They persist. Matthew 9, 28 says, it says, Matthew 9, 28 says, and when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him. You can almost sense there's this, you know, we're going to follow Jesus no matter what. He goes in the house, we're going in the house. He goes out in the yard, we're going in the yard, right? We're not going to stop until he kicks us out or tells us no. What kind of faith honors God? A faith that continues to believe even when nothing changes. I love the way this, look at this verse, Colossians chapter four, verse number two, what it says about prayer. He says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. In other words, you're supposed to be thankful for things that you've prayed for that haven't even happened yet. You're giving thanks to God for something that has not even happened. What does it take? It takes faith. In fact, Jesus told a great story about this persistent widow uh, in Luke. And what he said was, she was going to this judge, this unrighteous judge, constantly, give me justice, give me what I want, give me justice, give me justice. And Jesus said she was driving the judge, this unrighteous judge, crazy. Crazy. That's what the Bible said. You should read your Bible, man. There's all kinds of good stuff in there. But the, the, she was driving the judge crazy. And finally, right, is, the judge is like, she is driving me crazy. And so he says, all right, all right, you can have what you want. Just leave me alone. And Jesus basically says, if the unrighteous judge would be moved by the persistence of someone, 
right? An unrighteous judge being moved by the persistence of this woman, how much more will your heavenly father in heaven listen to and answer the prayers of his children whom he loves? God responds to a faith that does not give up even when nothing changes. I cannot, listen, I cannot tell you how many times at Grace Baptist Church we have baptized somebody, right? And, and before the baptism or after the baptism, maybe I'll talk to a friend or a family member and they'll say something like, man, you don't know how long I've been praying for her. You don't, oh man, I've been praying. I've been praying for this moment since this boy was born. I've been praying for this guy for 20 years. This is an answer to prayer. And sometimes I've, I've been told this just this last year, you know, I was tempted to give up. I was tempted to give up and stop praying. I've been praying for this person for years and it seemed like nothing was going to happen. And I was tempted to give up, but I didn't give up. And man, what a blessing. Listen, God, uh, honor uh, a prayer that doesn't give up honors God, you may have been praying about something for a long time. Excuse me. And there's this voice that says, right? Why are you still praying? Why are you still believing, man? Do you really think God's going to do that? Don't you think if God was going to do that, he would have done it by now? You still think God's going to answer that prayer? It's never going to happen. Listen, I can tell you that a faith that, uh, uh, that honors God is a faith that persists. Even when things don't change, even though you can't see it, that you continue believing. That's the kind of faith that honors God. Now, number three, a third kind of faith, look at this next line, is uh, works even when it doesn't make sense. A faith that works even when it doesn't make any sense. A, a kind of faith that believes when it cannot see. A kind of faith that persists even though nothing changes. And a faith that works even when you're not seeing the results, right? There's a big difference between hope and faith. Hope is like this inward thing. You're right, I have this, uh, this hope. But faith is a demonstration. Faith is a demonstration that moves and acts and works with faith. In the, in the book of James, uh, written by James, Jesus says, half-brother, uh, he describes how Abraham's faith was marked by actions. Right now, and if you don't know the story, this is one of the craziest faith-filled stories in all of the Bible. So there's Abraham, and, and, and God moves upon the heart of Abraham, and he tells Abraham, you've got to sacrifice your son. You love Abraham? Abraham, you're going to have to sacrifice your son. I could not even imagine this kind of obedience. And Abraham it gets his son, he gets the rope, he gets the wood, gets the knife, whatever, all the different things, and they head up this big mountain. And he is going to sacrifice his son, his only son that he'd been praying for forever. He's going to sacrifice his son to God. Right? He gathers everything up and he goes. And he's just, right when he's about to make that sacrifice to give this son to God. And by the way, God would never actually ask anyone to sacrifice a child. God would never ask anyone to sacrifice a child in this way. He was testing Abraham right at the last moment. Basically what happens, he stops Abraham. Abraham, you passed the test. I see your faith. I've provided this sacrifice. There's a ram over there in the thicket, right? Abraham, I have given you a sacrifice. By the way, Christian, Jesus is our sacrifice. Right? This is a picture of what was to come. But Abraham, he's obedient. God can seize his faith and God blesses him. And, then, and here's how James describes the faith and actions of Abraham. Look at it. James chapter 2, verse 22 says, Do you see that faith was working? You see that word working? Worked together with his works. And by works, faith was made perfect. Faith was made perfect. Now that word perfect there also means what it means. It means complete. 
that his faith was made complete. How? When he combined his works with his faith, not just by what he thought, not just by what he hoped for, and not really just by what he prayed for, but by what he did. His actions completed his faith. Look at this next slide. Abraham's faith was made complete. How? By what he did. Abraham's faith was made complete by what he did. His faith and actions were working together. His faith was made complete by what he did. I've seen often our faith and our actions never come together. There are people that tell me, man, I'm a pastor and they're great people of faith. They love the Lord. They love the word of God. They love the church and they, all these things are spiritual people, but they never go to church. They're never going to church. They never gather with the saints they say they love. They never get under the preaching they say they love so much. They don't uh, listen to anybody expound on the word of God, but they claim to be people of great faith. On Facebook, all the time posting uh, scripture and pray for this and pray for that, and their shadow never even crosses the threshold of a church, ignoring the clear command of God to gather with the saints. Their faith and their actions aren't meeting up together. And often that's true in our life, right? Our faith and what we do. I think about... I think about people who work in the nursery. Who work in the nursery. You're talking about faith and actions, right? When you're serving in something like the nursery of a church, you're saying, number one, that these children are valuable and they're worthy of you serving those families and those parents. But you're investing in that child from Jump Street. And what you're doing is you're saying, this is someone who Jesus has died for, right? This is some, God is going to use this person in the future to do great things for the kingdom, I mean, something as simple as working in a nursery is putting your faith and your actions together because you're believing by faith that God is going to use what you're doing for him. It's faith that works, even when it doesn't make sense, man. And we know we don't have a works-based salvation, but think about these blind guys. These blind guys could have been like any one of us. They could have just magnified their problem and never seen the solution. You know how it is. All you think about is the problem. And you're so focused in on the problem, you lose sight of any solution that God might have, that we're just blind. We're going to be blind all our lives. I'm never going to, I'm going to have to beg all my life. I'm never going to have a wife, never have a family, never have a job. My life isn't going to have any meaning. And they could have just wallowed in that. And they would have been living under shame too, because in that day, uh, to be blind meant that God had cursed you somehow. They believed if you were blind, that that meant that God was punishing you for some sin. You're a big old sinner, and that's why you're sick. That's why you're blind. It's not true. God never said that, but that's what they believed. And if you were born blind, what they would believe is your parents were big old sinners, and God is punishing them by punishing you and by having you be born blind. God never said it, and it's not true. But they're living with that shame, and they and, they, and it's... They probably believe that. So they live with the shame, live with the embarrassment. They could have lived with no hope, but instead they said, hey, I can't see, but I can hear. And I've heard about this Jesus. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I've heard about this Jesus. I believe that he is the Messiah and that he can heal me. I believe. And so maybe you're listening. You think, okay, so I'm supposed to just have faith. And just hold on, right? And just try really hard and work really hard. And then God has to answer my prayers. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. 
See, our faith isn't in our, write this down. Look at this next one. Our faith is always in the faithfulness of God. Our faith isn't in our works. Our faith isn't in our service. Our faith isn't even in our faith. Like, I've got great faith. No, our faith is in the faithfulness of God. That he is faithful even when we're not. That he is good even when we're not. He is righteous even when we are unrighteous. Our faith is always in the faithfulness of God. It's just kind of that, I like, I think of it as that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of faith, right? You talk about faith, right? At your works and your faith coming together. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember that old King Nebuchadnezzar, old King Nezer told them to bow down to that, that image, to that idol, by the way. And we're getting to the point in Christianity today where we think symbols don't matter, right? You know, they could have tried to justify, they could have said, you know, I know this is a, a graven image here of the, we're worshiping a false God, but we can just bow down, but in our hearts, we'll just pray to Jehovah God. No, they realized what they were doing was wicked and it was evil. And they said, and the king said, y'all going to bow down. They said, we're not going to do it. Got art. And, and King Nebuchadnezzar said, if you don't bow down to this image, I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace. And they were like, you're going to have it to do. Listen, King Nezer, our God can deliver us from your hands. But even if he does it, we're still not going to bow. We're still not going to bow. See, that's the kind of faith I want to have. Kind of faith when Jesus says, do you believe that I'm able to do this? We can say with every fiber of my body, every, every, everything that makes up everything about me, I believe that you will. Jesus, I know that you can. I believe that you will. But even if you don't, it won't change anything. It won't change my faith in you one iota because my faith is not in my faith. My faith is not in my works. My faith is not even in my desired outcome. My faith is in the faithfulness of God, a God whose ways are higher than my ways, uh, whose thoughts I cannot comprehend, a God who is good through and through, all-powerful, ever-present, all-knowing. My faith is in that God. I would rather be blind with faith in God than to be able to see and have no faith in God. Right? Why? Because it's only through faith that we can please God. So what kind of faith honors God? A faith that believes even though it doesn't see. A faith that keeps believing even though nothing changes. And a faith that works even when maybe it doesn't make sense. Or maybe you know you're never going to see the end result. But you keep serving and you keep loving. Because that's just how good your God is. Let me ask you again, what do you need from Jesus today? Do you believe that he's able to do this? And with everything in us, can you say, I believe that he can? I believe that he will. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to love. I'm still going to serve. And I'm going to still trust him because my God is good. Listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight for our Bible study. I pray that it was a blessing for you. Listen, guys, if we can pray for you anyway, feel free to leave a comment or send a direct message right here to Grace Baptist Church. You can also email your prayer request at gracebaptistfamily at gmail.com. Please don't forget to share this so that uh, everyone in our church family and our community can see it. And, uh, and don't forget, we've got resources for your children and your teenagers. Uh, they'll be over at gracebaptistfamily.com, Grace at home. But before we dismiss, would it be okay if I prayed for all of us right now? Let's just pray together. Father God, thank you for the blessing of knowing you and this gift of faith that you have given us. Lord, I pray that we'll have that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego kind of faith. That Lord, that uh, no matter what, we're going to trust. And God, even when you don't answer our prayers, we're still going to put our faith 
in you, not in our good works, not in our faith, God, but in the faithfulness that you have shown to us. Lord, we love you so much. Lord, I pray for everyone listening that you have blessed them and ministered to them. God, you are so good. We love you. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Listen, guys, thank you so much for being with us tonight. We can't wait to see you again.